Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. Today is episode number nine and it is titled G-Spot and Female Ejaculation. Do they really exist? Okay, this is going to be a very juicy episode, pun completely intended. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's such an interesting thing because everybody's heard of female ejaculation, and yet we still run into people all the time, uh, and the G-Spot, of course, who don't believe that they actually exist. And I've heard it from even friends of mine, you know, they'll laugh and joke, ha ha, yeah, like that G-spot thing, right? Ha ha ha. And there's this belief that these things don't actually exist. So we want to start off uh, with a personal story, first of all, that helps illustrate what we think about whether or not they actually exist. And then we're going to go into a little bit of the science of it. So are you saying that they're real? I think so, right? (laughs) I was leaving the audience on a cliffhanger so that they would pay attention to what you're about to say, and then they would know whether or not it's real. (laughs) Well, as you know, if you've been listening to our show for some time, we have called it the Love Lab because it is really what we do. We always do our little research and experiment, and this is what we do in our Love Lab. And I have been female ejaculating for well over a decade by now. And uh, some of the things that I love to do is like to geek out on things and be like, okay, well, how do I do it? What's happening? Is that really true? I mean, I question myself, am I peeing? Am I not peeing? And just in the last few days, we had a fantastic experience to prove that it is not pee. Here's what happened. <laughs> we had asparagus that day. And if you're familiar with asparaguses, you know that it turns your pee into asparapee. Just after you have asparaguses, when you go to the bathroom, there's a very, very distinct smell in your pee when you had asparaguses. So needless to say, we had asparaguses, I had to go to the bathroom, I peed, and I could smell it. Later on, we went into a lovemaking session and uh, just had beautiful lovemaking that had a surprise female ejaculation that happened. And surprise! (laughs) And there was no asperity smell to it at all. And a little bit after that, I had to go to the bathroom again just to pee. And guess what? It smelled like asperity. So from this illustration here, from this story, it really led us to believe that they are different things. Well, first of all, we knew they were different things <laughs> long, long before that. Oh, so, <laughs> But when that happened, we were thinking because, you know, our bedroom is the love lab. We're thinking, oh, this is a great story mm-hmm. to share with people to help illustrate this point that we want to make. Again... There are a lot of people that believe it doesn't exist. And one of the things that people say, even sometimes doctors will say, it's not really an ejaculation. It's you're just peeing. You're releasing some urine from your bladder. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. 
True. Exactly. So I want to geek out a little bit because I'm a science geek. I love this thing. And I wanted to take you on a little bit of a journey to understand a little bit more of the female anatomy in terms of the G-spot and female ejaculation. So the very first thing that I want to clarify is that even though it's called a G-spot, it's not a spot per se. You mean I can't just push a button and like... Not really. Oh. <laughs> I want you to think of it more as an erotic zone that's filled with spongy tissues, okay? So it's an area. And the real name really for the G-spot is actually urethral sponge. So sponge, spongy tissue, it, it gets engorged, okay? So think of it this way. One thing too that's... Um, that's really fascinating about the urethral sponge is that it has a head, a body, and a tail. So it has three distinct parts to it. And hence the fact that it's not just one button that you push because the erogenous zona, the area that feels more responsive, will shift depending on your engorgement. And so sometimes it's a little bit more to the front, sometimes it comes to the side, sometimes it's deeper. As the whole tissues gets engorged and filled up, it will change where you feel um, the, the organic sensation as a woman so it really shift okay depending on your arousal and the position so what you're saying is there's a particular region inside the vagina that uh, maybe has more nerve endings maybe that's more sensitive it's spongy tissues so yes there's different like nerves there but like just like I want to think, think of it like as, you know, like just like that sponge where it fills up and it gets engorged with fluid, with blood. And the more engorged you are, uh, if you're a guy and you're listening, the, you know that well, because when you get engorged, your penis becomes more sensitive. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So that's the same thing that happens. We kind of have this kind of uh, lady boner that happens inside that we don't see, but that's that's the whole idea. And so the urethral sponge is basically a tube that, sur that surrounds the tube of the urethra, okay? And it's located at the roof of the vagina. In case if you were not quite sure, we are talking when you feel for this urethral sponge, if you insert a finger with the pad pointing up, you have to go up towards her uh, clitoris or pubic bone uh, towards the up of the roof of the vagina. For most women, it is located fairly close to the entrance, about a knuckle to a knuckle and a half deep, especially at the beginning. So you can really find it because when you insert a finger, you can find and feel different ridges. The quality of the, the skin inside is different. It feels a little bit different. It has ridges. It has, it's not smooth like other areas inside the vagina. So that's how you know that you are on that G-spot area, on that urethral sponge. Okay, I'll just take a little bit of a deep breath here. Um, so when the urethral sponge, it's also called sometimes the prostate, uh, the female prostate gland, by the way, because they've seen a correlation between the urethral sponge and the prostate, the ma male prostate. So, you know, they like to use the same name since it's it, it behaves somewhat the same. And so when it's aroused and swollen and is full and of ejaculate, you can literally feel it through the vaginal wall. And 
a common sensation for a woman that has that sponge that is engorged is to feel either a, a desire to pee or to have like a burning sensation. It's kind of hard to explain, but if you're a woman, you'll know what I'm talking about, that burny, tingly sensation that you feel, and you're like, it's kind of really weird. And where, okay, so now we're having a better understanding, right, of that, of that G-spot area here. And I want to add one more thing that's fascinating, because if you know about female anatomy and you've heard of the clitoris and the tip of the iceberg that we call the clitoris, the clitoris also has legs that go deep down inside the vagina. And those legs, um, basically the urethral sponge surrounds the clitoral nerve. So they're really connected. So even by stimulating the clitoris and then the legs of the clitoris that are getting engorged, they're all interconnected to with the urethral sponge. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I am I'm, I'm totally like fascinated by it. Are you saying you're getting a lady boner right now? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I want to have just one more clarification around female ejaculation since I'm on my like geeky streak right here. So the glands that are responsible for female like ejaculation, they that they produce ejaculate is actually called the skin's gland or the paraurethral glands. Okay. So these um, glands they emit prostatic fluids. It's called PSA for prostate specific antigen. It's an alkaline liquid that is chemically similar to male seminal fluid. Hence why when I female ejaculated, it was not asperapy. It was a different smell and different flavor. <laughs> <laughs> and then those, those glands, they drain directly um, the, into the urethra and near the urethral opening. That means that when a woman female ejaculates, it is from her urethra. Hence why so many people are quick to explain it away by simply saying, oh, you're just peeing. But as our asparagus story demonstrates, <laughs> no, not the same source. And you also need to understand that because if you watch porn and you're into female ejaculation, there's actually a lot of it that is staged where they will blow, uh, use like a... Um, one of those things to blow water inside they'll blow water inside their vagina and then at the perfect time release it and it looks like she's gushing from her vagina which basically means it's not female ejaculation because it has it if it's female ejaculation it comes out through the urethra through the pee hole well, so this is another reason why there's this myth that, that it doesn't actually exist and it's all fake because so much of what you see if you actually are watching porn is you see this fake staged version of female ejaculation. Mm -hmm. So you see this massive amounts of clear liquid shooting out of the vagina itself. Mm -hmm. That's a sign that it's staged. So let's say you're really engorged and you've been stimulated and those glands, those skin's glands are really like engorged, then they'll release into the bladder. And once it's there, it has two things that can happen. Number one, it's expulsed, it goes through the urethra and you experience what's called a female ejaculation. Number two, you keep it in the bladder 
And then suddenly, after lovemaking, you have an urge to go pee. And if you look at it, often it's not going to be as yellow as if it was just urine because it's filled with this alkaline liquid and PSA, and it has way different things than what urine is made of. Uh, that's, so that's another way that you can know if you're one of those women that always feels like she has to pee and after lovemaking is like, I'm full and I have to go release some and pee. Most likely, you are have just trained your body to clamp and keep it into the bladder and not ejaculate and then you have to release it at some point. Yeah, fascinating, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. So we've already sort of dispelled the myth that these things don't exist, right? So we know that they do. And then the question is, okay, so they exist. How as a woman do you, like, how do you experience it? How do you access it? How do you allow it to come? How do you Mm -hmm. female ejaculate and not pee? Like, Mm -hmm. how does all of that work from a female perspective? Mm -hmm. Funny you ask, Kevin. I have some stories to tell again. So, and also we were talking about this subject yesterday with some friends at the beach. And um, so I'm sharing some that is uh, from my personal experience and also from other women that were with us and, and told us about their experiences. So what's really crazy about female ejaculation is that it can be experienced with or without an orgasm. Okay, so you don't have to be fully having orgasms to ejaculate. They don't always go together, just like with male uh, orgasm and ejaculation. They're two separate things. They are two separate things, but we'll talk about this in another episode. Um, And my very first experience that I was aware of female ejaculation actually happened in a totally non-sexual setting as I was walking down the street and I experienced a moment of tremendous connection with everything. I remember looking up the sky and just, I don't know, feeling a a rush of love and gratitude. I mean, I know I sound a little bit woo-woo here. And then all of a sudden, I kind of felt it like from my head and going down, and I basically had this gush of liquid down my legs. And I was like, what just happened? Did I just pee on myself? Or like, what happened? And so I was on my way to the train station to catch a train. And um, I'm in Switzerland there and we have those fancy trains with nice bathrooms. So I went in and I was like, oh my God, how embarrassing. Did I just pee on myself? So here I am smelling my underwear, like observing everything. And I'm like, it really doesn't smell like pee. I have no clue what happened. So then I go back to sit and just like cross my legs and pray that nobody's looking at that and then go home and get changed. And I kind of forget that whole experience. And you fast forward about about three or four years after that. And I am at a friend's house and we are watching um, Female Ejaculation movie by Deborah Sondel, which I absolutely recommend, by the way. It's, it's a little old now, but it's still very pertinent to information. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to do this. So I'm just like totally excited. I go home and I decide to self-pleasure and do a combination of using external stimulation on my clitoris and using internal stimulation using my uh, wand. And later I also used my JDAG so that it had stimulation on the whole urethral sponge. 
And as I am doing this and experimenting with breathing the energy up my spine and moving, so I'm doing all these different techniques that I've learned that I do still teach and do. And um, then it just happens. It gushes out of myself and I was able to make it happen. And from what I, ta- from what I experienced, it's like once you have it happen, and that was a conscious decision that I did this on my own, I found that switch, that on-on switch, on-off switch. And that's really what our other friends were talking about. Once you feel that, it's really that simple. It's finding how to flip that switch and then it's easy. Yeah. So it's, it's like a, a new capability of your body that you just realized you could do. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is when we talk to different women about it, they've often had different triggers Mm -hmm. for what allowed them to be able to access it. So the key for my personal experience was to have a different stimulation. So multiple erogenous zones at once. So the clits, the inside, using breathing, moving energy. So not just making it about getting an orgasm, but like how can I engorge myself and feel more sexual? And then you need to have somewhat strong muscles because they need like the, the your pelvic floor muscles will expulse the, uh, the ejaculate. But the key for me was really in the relaxation and in the surrendering. Another woman, what she said was, it was giving herself permission to let go and to to go beyond what you know, because it's easy to go for a clit orgasm or for that sensation that you know. And then you're like, you can feel that if you do, there's something different, there's something bigger, there's something scary that you might not know. And so you're like, well, I'm, I'm going to stop it. I'm not going to... to surrender into it and so once she learned that it was okay and that she let go so I call this surrendering and relaxing she called it more um, letting go and and embracing that unknown that that happened for her and what was interesting about that case is that um, she was having difficulty orgasming Mm. prior to that Mm -hmm. and what she realized was that Um, She had always had this sort of urge or desire to female ejaculate, but in her attempt to sort of shut that down, she was actually also shutting down her orgasm. She was holding back. She was holding it all back. She was like stuffing it all back inside. Mm -hmm. And when she finally gave herself permission to, you know, just let it all go, (laughs) not only did she female ejaculate, but she also started orgasming regularly. Yes, because female orgasms are messy they're wild they're passionate they're crazy it's not so much like what you see in porn and what you think we women have the potential to tap into such powerful realms and if we give ourselves permission to let this wild side be totally expressed it's like you can't contain it anymore but it's the beauty of it so there can be a lot of different uh, ways to access the ability to female ejaculate. Mm -hmm. We've talked about a few of them. Uh, Obviously, there's many more uh, paths that women take to finding their their G-spot and finding their ejaculation. But from the male perspective, like what are some things that men can do to help facilitate this? Like how can we get in there and, and, and 
support that. Mm-hmm. Like either help them relax, do a technique. Like mm-hmm. so, the very first thing is to be curious about it, but not be so focused on it. So having a conversation with your partner, be like, I'm like, I'm curious if you can do this. I want to support you with that, but don't pressure her to perform. As a guy, you know what it's like to be pressured into performing, and it never works well. So it's the same in reverse here. Like we can't make this about you have to ejaculate. This has to happen. Okay. And then you want to have patience because for most women, it can take up to 40 minutes to reach a real engorgement, like full engorgement. So this is not a quick, let me finger you and think that it will happen. Okay. Like it's like, it it has a space holding, it has a patience to it. And if you remember from one of our previous episodes, what women really want in bed, remember she already wants you to slow down. (laughs) So just slow down. Just go slow don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. Then you want to include a G-spot stimulation. And sometimes there's a whole technique in having free erogenous zones where with your fingers, you can stimulate the clitoris, the inside of like the G-spot and even the anus. And it takes some practice and dexterity. So maybe start with two or start with one and have her stimulate her own clitoris. Um, Sometimes it's hard for us as women to stimulate our G-spot because of the angle. So if you were to focus on one thing, I'd say focus on the G-spot urethral sponge stimulation. So this was a debate that Celine and I were having just (laughs) before coming on the air here and recording this show because... I was of the opinion that there's no like magic technique that you can do as a guy that if you just do A, B, C, D, and E in that order and you've perfected the uh, triple finger tickle move <laughs> that all of a sudden she's going to start ejaculating all over the place. Uh, and It's not an exact science. So I agree with you on that. And... If you have a stimulation of the urethral sponge and it's stimulated properly, you usually have results. However, what's more important is not so much your technique, it's your ability to create a container for her and to hold space. A place where she can be not pressured to have to reach any, any destination. A place where she is welcomed to be all that she is in all her messy glory. glory. And a place where she feels safe. Safe to let go. Safe to relax. Safe to just be fully in her orgasmic response. Yeah, and so, you know, in the in the Tantra world... There are people who teach, like, here's the technique, like, here's mm-hmm. how you do it, here's how you do G-spot release work, and here's what will happen. And they often something they often make it sound like if you, again, if you just do steps A through, you know, E, boom, mm-hmm. there's a magic result that happens. But as the story of uh, our friend who we had a conversation with said, it wasn't until she gave herself permission mm-hmm. that it actually happened. Mm-hmm. So while as a guy, there are techniques that you can learn and that you can do um, to support her in this, 
But if she's not going to allow herself to do it, if she's not mm-hmm. going to relax into it, then it's yeah. probably not going yeah. to happen. So I always say that orgasms are not like flour and chocolate. It's not something that you just give to somebody. An orgasm is something you allow yourself to experience. So no matter how how much somebody is doing things to you, if you are not giving yourself permission to let go and, and get into that, it's not happening. Okay. So it is an inside job. Exactly. And having said that, uh, our other friend that we were speaking with this weekend talked about how in her first experience with female ejaculation, she was able to access it because the man she was with at the time did some techniques with her mm-hmm. that she had never experienced and before. And she got pulled out of her. And like that was that kind of free, free spots, digits combination that really made it happen. So... One of the things, though, that you can really do as a man, and I want to add that one that is really important, is a vaginal massage. Because no matter how much you are going to stimulate her urethral sponge, if her vagina is holding so much tension and trauma, it's it's or it could be um, numb or um, like like a shield, like it's not really like it's just it, she doesn't feel. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If there's all of that that's being held, it's going to be in the way of her pleasure. So you need to to help her to release the trauma, the tension that are being present within her tissues. So maybe just by helping bringing life back into her pussy is the number one step, really. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's, that's a great place to start. So... <clears throat> There you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious too about what's your experience as a man, um, to, like to experience to be with a woman who female ejaculates. That's a great question. I'm glad you threw that in here at, as we're nearing the end of our episode because, you know, obviously there's a whole genre of porn called squirting, mm-hmm. right? So there's a there's a ton of people who are into this thing, whether it's real or not real mm-hmm. as far as how they do it in the movies. But I would say that a lot of guys who've never experienced it before might have in their heads a certain idea or concept of what it's actually like. And the reality might be a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to show something here in terms of what it looks like. Sometimes it can be little droplets. And sometimes it could be like glasses, cups sometimes gushing. Sometimes it's the great flood, yes. <laughs> so I, I have had multiple lovers throughout my life that uh, were able to access their female ejaculation. Um, one in particular, uh, she would always show up to my house with her own kit for how to like handle the ridiculous amounts of liquid (laughs) that would come out. She was actually a little bit embarrassed by it. Um, I didn't have a problem with it at all. And in most respects, it was a turn on. But for her, it was pretty much a sure thing every time we made love. And it was a large amount of uh, liquid. And I have to admit that at some times I was like not so much in the mood for a gigantic (laughs) flood. Um, but other than that, really, it was totally fine. And, and since then, I've had other lovers uh, and that were not, maybe not quite as much volume, and it was totally fine. For instance, with, with you and I, um, you know, sometimes you ejaculate, sometimes you don't. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's really big, sometimes it's just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in our relationship, I actually find it to be a, quite a turn on. Mm. Um, 
whenever that happens, I'm like, oh yeah, it's really working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I've actually mastered the art of it where I can choose when and if to ejaculate. And this is the beauty of it as a woman where you can reach that stage with your body because it's your choice. You can do it if you want or not. And that way, you know, sometimes it's just not convenient. And sometimes you don't want to just have to do the extra steps, which will tell you like what to do and how to prepare in just a few seconds. And sometimes you want to be able to fully experience it and let go. And so I love to be able to to pick and choose. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of the mastery level of it, right? When you sort of get to choose when. Mm-hmm. Just like with a guy, when, when you've reached the level where you can choose whether or not you ejaculate, that's sort of a mastery level mm-hmm. technique. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, there are times where it's just really not convenient to either male or female ejaculate. <laughs> so if you can decide, okay, in this moment, no, this is not going to happen. Now that's great. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so we want to leave you with a few things on how to prepare for female ejaculation, because honestly, that's you need to have a little bit of preparation. Well, there. and that was kind of my thought. Like, guys, if you're really into this, but you haven't really experienced it yet, I, I, I give that word of caution of be careful what you ask for. <laughs> 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 and make sure that you prepare properly. Yeah, so prepare the bed. Um, we like to use uh, something like a sheet saver pad and... You can find those. There's different companies. There's a company called Venus Matters that has really nice, beautiful, high-end, organic cotton uh, pads that are designed for when sex gets messy. And there's also lots of other places that you can find online where you could get uh, like bed sheets. Same thing that you use for babies or for older people that basically um, have bladder issues and can't hold it during the night. And I like to use those more than disposable because I get to wash them. It's more eco-friendly and they feel better. They're not like, you know, the disposable ones. I mean, they work really well. You could basically get the, you know, the ones if you have pets and you're training your pet to not pee inside and you put those pads, they're like big giant squares. That's what you can get for yourself as well. Yeah, and that, that's what one of my past lovers used, but they're a little crunchy and they crunch, pinkly yeah. and not yeah. so... But they're practical if you are just, I don't know, you're traveling, you don't have access to a washing machine, you just take three or four with you and you're done. But when you're home, like it's nice to have the nice ones and you just wash them. Usually it's better if you have more than one because then you can rotate and because you don't have to just like wash right away. Uh, but prepare the bed. That's essential. And if at this point in, in the show, you're still thinking that, that, that we're full of shit, you realize there's a whole industry around making products to support this. <laughs> <laughs> so you, wanna, you, wanna, you, know, you want to have that. You want to have ways to stimulate the urethral sponge, whether with a wand. Um, there's G-spot wands that are specifically curved and pointing up so that a woman can self-pleasure easily and reach those um, areas or that a man could use on her. You could use your own penis and especially if you point upward or you could use your fingers or you could use the toy on her as well uh-huh lots of different ways to mm-hmm. stimulate so the bottom line is yes g-spot and female ejaculation are real and now you need to go experiment <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't found them yet go for them <laughs> All right. No more needs to be said. Go practice now. (laughs) And we will see you in the next episode.
We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.